This is the Podcast Inc. production. Booyah! This is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you not so live from a listening device of your choice. It's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, weighing in at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstyles! So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by First Row Collectibles. If you're into nerd culture or sign memorabilia or sports memorabilia, wrestling figures, comic books, whatever a nerd's appetite has, please visit firstrow.ca. Use promo code THEPODCAST20. This is a Canadian company based out of Winnipeg, Manitoba. So to all you American listeners, everything you see there is in Canadian funds. So it's a little bit cheaper for you when you get it shipped over the border. And if, to all the international listeners, they ship there as well. Do not worry, they ship worldwide. So please visit them every day. They update daily. Like I said, everything they got signed, everything that a nerd needs or wants. And if you're into nerd culture, I'm assuming you're into video games and most likely books. If so, please visit bossfightbooks.com today for great books on classic video games. You'll find titles like NBA Jam, Red Dead Redemption, and the most recent one that they dropped, Silent Hill 2. They got everything in paperback format and ebook format, so please visit bossfightbooks.com. And if you want to support me directly, you can visit my merchandise store at tpublic.com or scroll down on today's device. It's embedded right there in the description. Click on that link. It takes you right to the merchandise store. I got everything from hoodies to t-shirts to baby onesies to travel mugs to even COVID masks, so please support me there. But if you don't have no money during these times, it's totally understandable. The easiest thing, the most free thing, thing that takes you one second is to rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms, most specifically Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So this week's guest hails from Queens, New York. He is a hip-hop recording artist and producer. If you're a wrestling fan, you've heard his work, especially on AWTV as Top Flight's entrance theme, First Class. The man behind the armbar era, Rated R. <laughs> wow, what an intro. That was a detailed intro. Usually when somebody bring me on, I get like the generic, oh, you know, he raps about wrestling, such sure. and such. That was detailed. Steve, you're a pro, real pro. <laughs> I try. If, if it's one thing I do, it's my research. It's I don't just come across people and I'm like, hey, you got followers or hey, you interacted with so-and-so, so I'm going to get you on. No, no, no. I follow people. I don't know if guests are starting to know this trend or not, but I start following them if I have not already followed them before. I see what they're up to. I see what they do. I go... In your case, I went to Spotify, listened to your shit, went to YouTube, listened to your shit. And I'm like, okay, this man's legit. And plus, having the stamp of Mega Ran itself, that, to me, 
it's golden because yeah, he's a former guest. Guy, yeah, he, he's fantastic, man. Yo, such a such a pure, like just nice, genuine individual. Like he doesn't right? like he does a lot of things he really doesn't have to do. Like as far as reaching out with people, no matter the size of your platform. Yep. Just being accessible. Like he's been a real a real tool in my career. Like we like, we came across each other a few months after I started putting my stuff online. Right. We kind of always just had this connection ever since then. So he's like a big brother to me. And it's like, if I need something or if I, I have advice about something, I need advice about something, gotcha. I'm, I'm, I know I'm always free to hit him up. I try not to use it too much, though. Like, only for the main the main craziness. Like, if I'm really going through something, like, all right, I need to, I need somebody's advice, then I'll come to him. The little stuff I try to handle on my own. <laughs> no, I hear you. That's good. See, I, I'm the op- I have the problem of so many guests come on and then afterwards you're like, if you need any help, if you know anyone that I interact with that wants to come on the show, hit me up. Don't feel embarrassed. And to this day, I still not have hit up anyone who knows someone else to try and get on the show. It's just something, it's again, maybe the way I was brought up and maybe because I had to fiend for myself as a child, I don't ask for help. Unless it's like my wife or something because she's my ride or die, so that's different, right? But I'm saying as in terms of like for the podcast itself, everything I've done is either from trial and error or just falling flat on my face, man. And I know we talked about it before we aired, but like the consistency to be able to just always put out episodes, content, like, and you know, you build yourself a nice little catalog. So when you get these right. fans, people get to go back and have hours and hours and hours of content. You get to watch this style evolve. And it's cool. You know, um, I'm sure you're probably familiar with it. Uncanny X-Cast. You ever heard of it? It sounds familiar. Yeah, it's like, a, oh, it was like one of the first podcasts that I was really into. But okay. they have like, you can watch them go progress. The kids get older and all of it through years and years and years. It's just like... Gotcha. And the best part of the show is not even the X-Men content. It's just like them talking about their lives. Cause they always shoot shoot the shit in the beginning for a good 30, 45 minutes. Right. And you wind up like, getting invested in their lives and their careers and everything. And that and shows you how powerful the medium is. Like when you, right. when you have something that people gravitate towards and they just they invest it in, it's really a great medium. No, it's true. And that's one of the things I try and provide is I don't want a straight up interview. I want two people shooting the shit so then people could sit in and be like, oh, I'm part of the conversation as well. Because yeah. there's well, just fucking celebrities out there who do one-on-one interviews a lot better than I would be able to do. But the shooting the shit and getting down to the terms of the nitty gritty stuff and going behind the scenes about asking questions that no one else asks, that's where I guess I have to stand out. And that's how you even the playing field because right. those those people that you were mentioning, they're not gonna take that extra level of detail in it. They're just gonna exactly. be generic like what do you like to eat? You know, the regular regular stuff like So have you been always yeah. into hip hop? Are you a hip hop fan from the day you were born? Is it yeah, your thing? Young hip hop and wrestling has been the two things that's always been well, video games too. So like I always kinda meant I kinda throw a little bit of video game stuff in my stuff too because those been the three things that have been the most constant in my life. Like, a young kid, always watching wrestling, always listening to music, always playing video games. Like, other things might change. As you get older, you get new interests, you fall out of some things. But those three things always remain constant. Like, always got a system, yeah. always got something I'm listening to, and I'm always watching wrestling. Like, that's it. So, Makes sense. yeah, I kind of, and I um, mean, i just been in here just doing it. So, at some point, I figured I merged the two things because, you know, I started doing hip-hop, but I was doing the hip-hop that everybody does in the sure. beginning. Um, I'll shoot you. You know, just the <laughs> stuff that you people who... Like, of course, the gangster shit. Like, but, but, you know, 
mean, a lot of people never shot nobody. They rap about shooting people. So I was doing that. It didn't feel right to me. It's just like, this is inauthentic. Like, I'm rapping about something I'm not doing. And I don't want to be like that. Like, So I had to figure out. I took some time off and tried to figure out a way to to come back. Because I, I still love doing the music. Right. I just didn't want to be doing that. And that wasn't real. Mm. So I found a way to kind of combine things that I know. Like, I have vast knowledge of wrestling from watching it for all these years. Right. Buying all the DVDs and magazines. Like, <laughs> every time I used to go on a trip, we would go to the newsstand. I'm like, I got to get a, like an aftermath. Right. I didn't have to have a magazine. Like, <laughs> and I would read it front to back, front to back, over and over. Yep. I still remember one. It was like with um, Harry Zabisco on the cover when the Dangerous Alliance had broke up. Sure. And I don't know none of these people. I just know it's wrestling. Right. Like, <laughs> I just know it's wrestling. And then they would have the rankings in the back. Yeah. And that's how you learn about other people. I'm like, oh, Sting. Sure. Let me watch WCW find out more about Sting. Because I was a big WWE guy. Yeah. I have at the time. Yeah. That was the one that was more accessible. Like yep. you didn't have to have cable to watch it. It was like on on regular TV. Exactly. So I would catch it like the superstars and mm-hmm. wrestling challenges and all that. Of course. I watch it. So that's kind of how I got on. Say so it ain't mean events. So that's like my first memory. Um, with being with my moms and my father and watching like Randy Savage and Steamboat all setting like the, with the injury angle with the what is this, with over the ring, ring barricade with the ring belt. Yeah, yeah. That was my. That's, that's like one of my earliest memories. I remember watching one of my mom's and my father, and they, they would go over that, and I just kind of hold on to it because they're both going now. So, you know, that's kind of like a, a way to keep keep it, keep attached to them, too. Right. No, that's it. So, okay, if, if you had, okay, I'm going to put you on the spot. Well, who's your Mount Rushmore of hip hop artist then? Hip hop artist? That's easy. That's Jay Z, oh. that's Nas, okay. that's, um, I, I got Cameron on there, and I got JD Kiss. Oh, shit. So, you're not going my with. You're not going with like uh, Pac or you're not going with Biggie. Nah, no, no, nah. Serious? I, um, yeah, but it's not nothing personal because okay. I was definitely I was alive for their run. But, right. And I'm talking about other people that got decades worth of work. Mm. Like I understand the impact when you looking at their I runs. See. There was brief, 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 brief periods of time. Right. These other people got like albums and albums and albums of work. So I've grown with them as an artist. A lot of the people I mentioned debuted while I was you know what I mean. So I'm watching them. Watch their careers progress if I got older. So the music changed. Mm. So different parts of my life, I've had that attachment to certain albums for when I was younger, when I was in my teens, when I'm in early 20s, you know. It's, so I kind of grew with those artists. That's why I feel like those are my four. Like maybe if I'm doing uh, a generalization of the best artists, probably picking Pocket and being in somewhere. Okay. So I'm carving out those people on the stones. Like, <laughs> I feel you. I know because it's the same thing with me. Like I'm a huge Biggie fan, but Pac, I understand his relevance in the hip hop game, but I'm not a huge fan. So it's, sometimes it's embarrassing to tell people this. Like you know what I mean. And for me to put someone like because I love Busta Rhymes and everything he does. So for me to put yeah. Busta Rhymes ahead of Pac, the real hip hop heads are like, you're a fucking idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. Like, so I had this conversation briefly with somebody yesterday. It's like. All of this stuff is suggestive, um, subjective at the end of the day. You Thank can't, you. there's no metric. Well, if you want to go by record sales, it's like, you can in a way. Sure. But if you ask the people their opinions, some things might mean more to you than they mean to me. Like, right. you said Busta Rhymes, so that means you like, uh, you probably like the outrageous and the the, the fast rhymes and everything. Yeah, and of course. how diverse he was and how he, how he grown over time too. So that's, exactly. that might be important to you. That might be why he's on your mouth. Some people might like Eminem for 
just the fact that he's just like a wordsmith, like he's a technical master. Right. That's, that's okay too. Same thing with wrestling. All of this stuff is suggestive, suggestive, um, subjective. Unless you be going by metrics, like who has the most championships and stuff like that, then right. it's more. Then it's something you can't really, you can't fudge. Numbers don't lie. So, but if we just talking about opinions. Then yeah, you should be feeling like unless you're just saying somebody like Lil Uzi Vert or you're going crazy and you're just mentioning weird people, then it's like, all right, you're wrong. But like if you're saying people that got a case, then okay, like uh you can pretty you get some leeway there. How about uh, your top producers or some of your top of those? Oh yeah, so I like um Kanye as a producer. Okay. Um Dr. Dre is one of my um influences as well. Of course. You ever heard of Harry Fraud? No. Who's this? Harry Fraud, he's a New York-based producer. Like, okay. he did a lot of work with French Montana. Um, okay. A lot, like, Action Bronson. Sure. Those type of rappers. Like, he, he's a, he's a um, big sample-based producer, so I kind of okay. liked his style as well. And DJ Premier. Mm. You know, you know you Premier, right? Of yeah, course. So, like, the old, that's like an older guy. He's a legend. And those are kind of my guys as far as production, bro. You know, the Timberland's good. Timberland, yeah. I've got a lot of joints that I like. Yeah. yeah I'm more of, like, boom bap type. I like the trash stuff is cool, but I'm like the essence of <laughs> yeah, that's the kinda the kind of music I'm into. Yeah. I think that reflects in my music as well. Like Right. Because I'm the exact same way. Because for me, it's late 90s, early 2000s. That's where I cap it off. Yeah, yeah. you sprinkle some new stuff every once in a while because sometimes there's uh-huh. a, a dope beat that drops or you have someone who comes out like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Kendrick Lamar who came out like after the yeah. whole golden hip-hop era. So, you know what I mean? So, they're still sort of lingering, but it's not like when it was back then where every single rapper was fucking legit. And, and the thing uh-huh. was too, I, I got to give you props too, your sound and the way you rap is so unique compared to what's going on in today's Whereas, and I love it because it reminds me of that era. Because back then, everyone had their style. Nowadays, everyone sounds the same, and they're proud of that. What the fuck's going on? Yeah. I don't know, man. Everything is old, old as new again. And you feel the pressure of maybe wanting to that because you're like, oh yeah, that's what's gonna. But I'm like, honestly, that's what that was the thing with me, right? When I started doing it this way, I started doing. I did a whole album, like a wrestling based album, wrestling influence album. Okay. And it got panned. It got shitted on by like the people from around here that I live where I live. Sure. And but that's before I started putting my stuff online. So then the second I did another album and I, and I adapted. I did more of the things I thought that they would want to hear, and then still didn't get listened to. So I'm like, yo, if I'm gonna just keep doing shit for people and it's not working anyway, why don't I just lean into what I want to do? Exactly. Once I made that decision. I don't care about like <laughs> somebody somewhere is gonna once it's in when I got on Twitter, right? Is when I realized I'm like, all right, I don't need to compromise even. I'm a font, I can create this myself or just do it for fun, like, but just know I gave you my shot and I'm doing it the way I want to do it. I felt worse compromising and getting more listens than I did when I did what I wanted to do and got less listens because I'm like, all right, I don't care if you like it, I do what I want to do. The second time I changed. And I got a little bit more listens, but it was it didn't feel as satisfying because it's like I I sold a part of myself to try to try to appease people. And nah, and this doesn't is, work. If you want that type of music, you can get it from somewhere else. <laughs> you can get it from where you where you been getting it from. I'm gonna do what I want to do, and when I do it, it's gonna be where you get it. You can get the original from me. Yeah, no kidding. And again, it shows in the work. And you also started producing and engineering after the fact. So why did you yeah. start doing that? Was it a conscious effort because you wanted to be that, I, I want to take care of my own future. I want to line my own path. I don't want to rely on anyone. 
I wish I could have say I could say it was something that was so so honorable, but it just got to the point where I got tired of dealing with producers uh, and trying to dictate dictate the sound that I wanted. Like gotcha. I'm like, yo, it would be ill if you could flip this wrestling thing. Like, mm. what do you want to do? Like, so I said, okay. I know that I have the knowledge, and I know it would sound good if you do certain things to it. So I'm like, I might as well just learn how to do it instead of trying to tell people to do it. They're giving me the run around. They don't want to do it. They're not putting sure. me all into it. I might as well just take the time that it's going to take for me to dedicate myself to it, learn how to do it, and I'm a benefit for it in the end. Now I can just whip up whatever I want to at any time. Like, I'm like oh, that sounds good. I'm going to whip that up. Like, just because I know how to, I put the time in to learn how to do it. Like, it was me spraying myself a bit too thin at one time because mm-hmm. I was engineering, recording myself, doing all of the stuff, producing, doing my videos. So I just... I just kind of put it down to just doing, do like writing and make producing and the promotion, you know. But I have fun when I'm on Twitter and all of that, even sure. though it's a little tiresome sometimes because you don't always want to be promoting, promoting, promoting. I know. But, you know, I can't wait till I can hire a firm and sign a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you enjoy more? Do you actually enjoy rapping more or being behind the scenes and engineering? Nah, rapping is my first love, okay. definitely. Like, the producing. It's because when I do it, one thing does it. I can't just produce a beat. Mm. Then I'm gonna, I, I, that's only one step of the equation. Sure. But if somebody send me a beat, I can still just rap to it. So, like, I always, the rap is the love. Like, but the producing was, I like it way more than I thought I would. Okay. When I first started doing it, because at first it was like an obligation. Like, damn, I have to do this. Because <laughs> I need to get my sound the way I need it to be. And it's funny you brought that up, because, um, Monday was my ninth fan of like nine years I've been producing. Okay. So I've been doing it for nine years. I wow. feel like, damn, I ain't even realized that's that much time went by. <laughs> Jeez. That's crazy. A lot of wrestling joints in that time too. A lot of wrestling songs out there. Oh, could I so do you consider what you do nerdcore? Um, probably an extension of it. Okay. So wrestle rap is like it was when I first started, wrestle rap was just a brand. Like the people they had a Twitter where they was doing like um they would they would point out the parallels between hip hop and wrestling. Yeah, and I was I heard it. I'm like, that's a great ass name for like, <laughs> like that should be a genre of music. Right. So my first few years was me trying to establish like, oh, I do wrestling rap. Like this is the music I make. And I can not probably I came at odds with people that because that's their property. You know what I mean? I didn't. Yeah. But I wasn't looking at it that way. I mean, when I came on, I'm like, my intentions is pure. I'm not trying to steal nothing from me. I'm, I really okay. appreciate what y'all did. I'm trying to add to it. Like, you see a stranger coming out just saying, like, tagging you all the time. Like, you probably get a little taken aback. Like, hey, this guy's crazy. <laughs> what, is, what is he doing? But after the years, they start seeing me at events, start noticing that I'm not. I'm not I don't want anything from y'all. I'm just actually actively contributing to this thing, like, making it something more than what it was. I kind of got the step of proof. So I don't, like, I don't try to, I always mention them because that was another 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 thing that helped me as far as when I first came on Twitter. Because when I came, yeah. I started, I dropped the John Cena. Like I started my Twitter on April Fool's Day of 2016. Nice. I didn't know what I was doing. I just <laughs> started the Twitter. Like I need to try to get my music out to people. And sure. I always noticed that they talking about Twitter on wrestling. I'm like, they they must be people on there that's, that's into wrestling. They got to be in the rap too. Right. So I'm like, all right, let me just get on here and try to find them. So the first few months was me trying to find him. The first thing of mine I hit, this is right when um, Matt Hardy, the final deletion and all that stuff was happening. Uh, I did okay. a Matt Hardy song. Yeah. And he retweeted it. 
Shit. And now, like, yeah, that was the first thing. And I just, and then all of a sudden, I got a lot of people coming in. And it was, it was on from there. I'm like, oh, okay, it's people that's into this. Because he, he told me I was one of his broken soldiers. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, nice. I made it. Like, you know what I mean? I, could, <laughs> I remember that day happened. I was off of work. Right. And I went to go pick up my paycheck. Okay. And I had recorded, I put shit up. I tagged him in it, but I didn't think that was going to happen. Of course. All of a sudden, I feel my phone going crazy. Like, what the <laughs> hell? Like, what's going on? Yeah. And then I see he retweeted. I said, oh. And then, like, they had the video on YouTube. It got a lot of views. It got taken down at this point. Right. Anthem came in, took it down, copyright straight. But it's funny, because it was up there until Anthem bought TNA. Right. And once Anthem bought it, I guess he went on the purge. Yeah. And, and mine got taken down, but... Every once in a while, I retweet it just because I don't want to get lost in time. <laughs> like, sure, of course. Like, and it's always special to me because that was the first one that people really like heard me. A lot of people heard me for the first time when I saw No, that's pretty and cool. Then I just started reaching out. Um, from there, I did a song with Rocky Romero in 2016. Oh, nice. I reached out to him like, yo, I, I do this wrestling rap thing. You want to do a song? Yeah, yeah. And he was like, yeah. You know, he charged me, but he's supposed to. Like, <laughs> I mean, like... So yeah, that was it. Just was all and running from there. A couple months later, I did a new day song. Xavier Woods retweeted it. Nice. And that's when I first. That's when I first got encountered with Mega Man. Uh-huh. I mean Mega Man. <laughs> <laughs> from there, Mega Man. But yeah, that's how we got it. That's how we got connected. Okay, okay. They found my. They they see my new day freestyle from him. He probably was like, "Who's this guy?" Right. And then, um, from there we just made a connection, and I was just more steps in the right direction. Then a um, Kenny Omega song, I did a Kenny Omega, the 100 Bars to a Kenny um his New Japan theme, right after he won the G1. Okay, yeah. Called the G100, put nice. it out, sent it to him. Yeah. And he was like, he was probably surprised because he retweeted it like, it's a bunch of references to my career head. Like, okay. yeah, that's kind of, weaved him in there. He was probably surprised to hear that I, <laughs> like, I paid that much detail to it. But I'm a fan, so it was easy for me to do it. And then it was just like, all right, I'm on the set. Yeah. And it's just been rolling ever since. Went down to Orlando in 2017. Fall. Nice. Um, had my my albums out there. I was in the, I was at the superstore, the WWE superstore for Mania. Okay. Just out there handing out CDs. Like, <laughs> like, like, listen to me, listen to me, like, please. Right. And it's just been just work, work after that. And oh, we now. That's awesome. Okay, well, the, the two tracks I want to touch on the most because I love the beats and I, I can't believe you're the only one who's done it is the Rey Mysterio original WCW theme track. <laughs> that beat, as soon as you hear it, you know hip-hop's written all over it. Like, it's a no-brainer yeah, and I don't know yeah. how no one's done it before. Yo, I, like, so, it's funny. After I did it, a producer hit me up. Okay. Um, he was like, um, I had the beat. You could have used it. I'm like, oh, no, I already had it. He sent me a beat. It wasn't, it wasn't too bad either. I'm like, oh, sorry, buddy, I beat you to it. Like, <laughs> but you know, it's because that comes from being young. Right. You hear the songs, it's like, yo, that song, it always stuck in my head. Like, wow, yeah. that song is really good. Like, And if you wasn't there at the time, you, it's easy to not know about it. Of course. Unless you're on there searching through, searching through themes, you're not going to come across none of the old stuff unless you're looking for it. So for me, I'm like, oh, all right, yeah. When it came time, I did a bunch of WWE stuff. I'm like, sometimes I want to have to do that too. Right. Even though doing a Rey Mysterio song at this point is basically doing a WWE song, even if you use the old beat. True. But it wasn't from Jim Johnston type of thing. You know exactly. what I mean? So I was like, all right. I flipped so much of his shit. I'm like, I want to try to like, <laughs> somebody else for a chance. Like, shout out to Jim Johnston too. Like, Not kidding. He didn't come out. 
he need to hit his Twitter or something so we can talk to him and show our appreciation with him. I know that people don't realize how many fucking bangers he came out with, and I, the consistency—that's the thing. We're we're, we're yes, talking about consistency. Yes. That, and you know what? It's only not only the consistency, but yeah. the versatility. Yes. All genres of music. That's All true. All genres of music. You got every type, every mood, happy moves, sad moves. Yep. Like anything you need, he he's able to do. He out there banging out hip hop beats, rock beats, church music, whatever you need, yep. he can do. And I think that that versatility is cool. You know who's like that now? Mikey Ruckus is like that for AEW. Right. He's able to jump from genre to genre as well. So you know, I see that he's following in them footsteps as well. CFOs wasn't that bad either with going from genre to genre. Mm. Because people like to shit on them. But a lot of them NXT themes, it's like those those themes when they was doing it was top notch. Like yes. you hear the rising sun, that's all women. So, and Nakamura's song is all in. Right. Finn Balor's song is old then. Like, you know what I mean? So they have a lot of things too. Yeah, no kidding. And the other one that I want to touch on quickly is the one, obviously, the rock beat, the one you did for The Nation. Again, that oh, has yeah. hip hop written all over it as well. Like these. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand. Wrestling Bios sent that to me. Oh, okay. So I made the connection with Wrestling Bios. And he, you know, he, he does, he has a YouTube channel, he does the whole documentary style. Right, right. For topics. He sent me a handful of beats and was like, see if you can do anything with it. I said, see if I, if I could. <laughs> Not if, when. Right. He sent that right back. He sent me sent me the Nation and he sent me the um, Stone Cold beat. Oh, okay. So I was like, oh, these are two things that I, some of the classics, I try not to, I try to stay away from. Okay, okay. Because I think it's too easy. Sure. And there's also been people that have, that's done wrestling, rap, or mm. that in it. They use a lot of the classics. Right. So like the Razor Ramon stuff people use, Hulk Hogan stuff people use. So nobody making songs from the Beverly Brothers. So I want to do, I'm trying to get stuff that wrestling fans is going to identify with. Like, oh, okay, he's he's one of us. So I'm going to grab stuff that I like that's not necessarily the most popular things to do. Like, sure. Or if I'm going to do something popular, I'm going to find a way to do it that hasn't really been done. Right. Like I had the Dean Ambrose theme from when he was in WWE, but I'm going to use the engine part like, oh. you know it was like okay. yeah it's, it's like little, little ways to do it sure. where you not I don't want to sound like anybody else and I used to try not to but then I'm like after a while it's just like I just don't sound like anybody else so I don't gotta try I can just do what I'm doing and it's exactly. not gonna sound like nothing anybody else is doing no, for sure. Well, if people don't know, Rated R, obviously, it's from being an Edge fan. You're a huge Edge fan. That's oh, where yeah, you got yeah. that name from. Now, speaking of theme th- songs, another one pops in my head that's so easy that maybe, I don't know, I haven't done my research on this one. The Brood theme. Have you ever thought of doing that one? Yeah, but you know, that's another one of those popular ones. It's like, if ah, I do okay. it, See? I got it. I want to do it in a way where, because, hey, you know, as, as constructed, you can rap on it the way it is. Right. The way the beat sounds, yep. it doesn't need to be changed much. Exactly. So if I'm going to do something, it's like it got to be something where uh. I flip it, where it's entirely different. Because if not, I could just go in there, get on there and do a freestyle. But I'm like, that's been done before. True. So I want to do it where it's not quite, it's not actually something that people have done. But I've definitely thought about it recently because I I was thinking about them since it's been back. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a possibility that this could happen. Because I'm... Um, like edge, like edge themes. Yeah. A, I've just never touched those, but it's deliberate. Like I'm waiting for the right time to, to hit them with the edge theme. You know, it's just so. No, yeah, it's a lot of classics. I'm, I'm saving. No, that's good. That's so good, man. To do without having to, you know, to lean on the, the old reliables. I can just go to 
grab a ring, a weird Bo Nakano theme or a oh. Kara Hokuto, something like that. Is, that's the kind of thing I'm into. Nice. It, it shows the knowledge of that I'm not just doing it to capitalize. Right, right. Because anybody can do the popular wrestling. Like, you can easily do Undisputed Era or anybody that's popular nowadays. That's that's, that's easy. Right. You can tap into the fan bases. You can look and be like, I'm going to do a Sasha song because I know it's going to get the most reaction. Right. Like, when I did the Seth song, mm-hmm. it was a reason for it. Like, it fits in because I felt like my story was intertwined with it. How, like, just, you know, the not being appreciated mm-hmm. and you having to turn in. And so a lot of that was able, that's the reason why I was able to put a popular song like that because it fit. You know, when he changed from the burning down theme to the new one, I'm like, yeah, I can do this. Right. I can use that one. So that's kind of how that, that was my first song back because I took a, took me years, years so off. I needed to recharge. <laughs> and, you know, this is, this, you know, it's stressful sometimes. Of course. So I had to take some time off, take a step back. And then I came back with the Messiah Complex and that's kind of, that let me hit. It was time. We got the visuals together. New beat, right? And just went to work with the Messiah Complex. Speaking of which, well, by the time this airs, the yeah. song will be out. But I'm about to shake. I'm about to shake the genre up. Oh, <laughs> like, this weekend is about to go. It's it's gonna be crazy. Like I probably can say more because by the time this by the time this airs, it happened. But yeah, wrestling with flow guy, man. Yeah, I, it got something for him. <laughs> it got something for him. <laughs> Yeah, you about to see what time it is. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. Well, you, you brought up Ruckus and AEW. So how did all this come about, and how did you get to rap over uh, Top Flight's theme song? Oh, so, yeah, that was, I think, Messiah. So I dropped Messiah Complex at the end of August. Okay. And that started getting me a lot of new fans, a lot of new people tuned into my music. The end of August, I had, like, um maybe a little bit over a thousand, like, 1,500 followers. Okay, okay. Maybe. So, there was people that know me, but not really that popular. I wasn't really, like, no, no. If you know about the genre, you know about me, but it wasn't, like, I was super famous or super known within it. Sure. So, when I came back, Messiah Complex got a lot of steam. Like, it was like, okay, the Seth Rollins came to flip. And from there, the wrestling bios connection. Mm. And just the Rey Mysterio, like, just doing all that stuff. Right. Somehow... He winded up seeing me. We started mm-hmm. following each other. And I just was like, I went into his message. He was writing. He was talking about opportunities. I went under one of his tweets like, yo, if you ever need somebody to do anything, I'm ready. Like, right. this is what I've been waiting for. Like, this is one of my dreams I'm ready for. And he hit me up. He was like, yo, when the time's right, I'll reach out. But, you know, I, you know, people say stuff like that. So of I'm course. like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and he time. actually reached out. Okay. And he cool. reached out. And the first thing he reached out for was the Jungle Boy thing. Because I did something to... The, um, the Tarzan Boy theme too. Right. That was the first one. We are right. But something happened with that version where I guess they wanted to use the original tip. Mm-hmm. They wanted to use the original song instead of the one that we did. Oh. This was cool. I'm like, I understand, like, because that was a classic song. Right. So, and that one probably fit better. So I'm like, damn, I missed my, I missed my opportunity. I'm thinking that I did Sarah Rowe. A couple weeks later, he was like, when after the top fight debut. Couple weeks later, he was like, "Yeah, I got something for you. I got, I got the one for you." So, sent me the beat. I was like, "Yes, this is the one. This is the one." And he went right to work. He gave it to me on Saturday. I get his song back on Tuesday. Like, oh, oh fast turnaround, fast turnaround. That's it. Like, you get to work. <laughs> That's cool. And do you think if it wasn't for the pandemic and shit, that you'd probably be there behind the scenes in AEW, maybe even working side by side with Ruckus and potentially performing it live one day? 
I don't, I, like, I don't like to, I would love to do something like that. I don't know how that would work. Cause you know, but I would, yeah, I would, I would definitely go down there. <laughs> you know, I'd be down there just trying to, just tear it in the arena for once or twice. True. Like, I was thinking about meaning a weekend, but I think it's like with a newborn, I think it's a little too risky for me to go down there. Gotcha. So I'm going to just sit this one out. Then I don't want to have to quarantine and miss, that'll be missing like four to five weeks out of his life. Um, and his true. life is short right now. You already—that's a big percentage of his life right now. Good. Like I just gotta kind of take this one on the chin. But next year, next year I'm on the scene because I usually try to be around like many a weekend. Oh, that's when everybody's in town. Right, right. It's usually shows and everything, so that's when a good chance to to perform, network with a yes. lot of people that's coming in town. So I'm I'm gonna be missing Orlando this year, but I think that being home with the baby is a lot more important, you know. Yeah, it's true because, like you said, now in their time it goes by fast. But for you, I mean, for you it goes by fast, but for them it's slow. Whereas, what's four or five more months, or even like you said, a year, when then they, they're yeah. older and you've already seen all the cute stuff, and it's like, okay, now I could go back to work and support my family, sort of and, thing, right? Think about it, right? Just in the proportion, like in the, the the basic numbers, by that time he'll be ten weeks. So if I got a quarantine for two weeks. Before it's a big five difference. weeks is fifty percent of his life, right? <laughs> like, yeah, you know what I mean, in the percentages, like it's just like nah, I'm good. <laughs> I, I I go next year. Like maybe I, I set up something virtual. If people are interested, I do like a little virtual thing. Oh, okay, if it's enough demand for it. Sure, sure. But if not, I'm gonna just keep working on the album. I got an album coming out. It got kind of delayed, you know, with everything that was happening. Sure, December or whatever with, with my son being born. Everything got pushed back a little bit, but it's still coming. I've got the APA coming out Come sometime soon. I don't want to put a date on it because every time I put a date on it, something happens. I got to push it back. Sure, so I'm going to surprise everybody and just drop it. <laughs> yeah no kidding same thing with me and even with the podcast like people are like oh why don't you announce ahead of time your guests because it's like i haven't recorded and anything could happen so i only promote yeah. the guests that i know i have recorded so then it's yeah. not a big disappointment right huh? no it makes right. it makes total sense okay so back to wrestling i'm assuming you don't only watch aew you're not a total just fanboy you watch everything yeah i watch everything I watch okay everything. good 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 because i'm the same way oh. yeah aew is great I like WWE still a little too, like, that's quality. It's like, so for me, I see it as a TV show. Right. Long, I've been watching the sitcom. You watch characters grow and all of that. You exactly. watch the characters get added in. Once, you, once I started looking at it like that, it's like a whole new appreciation for it because it's a constant source of entertainment. When, you, when somebody that watched Scrubs had to watch reruns during the summer, I'm right. still getting new episodes of wrestling every two weeks. And a pay-per-view sometimes. That's three new episodes a week. Exactly, right? Can't complain. Now the network, you can watch wrestling. I can watch wrestling all day if I want to. <laughs> I know. As a kid, I would have killed for that. Yep. And I think that in this in this in this, this day and age, people don't understand how like how how blessed they are. Like yeah. I used to have to wait for wrestling. Yep. And you had to wait for it. It wasn't like you could just pick it up. Even go on YouTube and watch it back. <laughs> You used to have to remember the match, like, damn, that match was good. I can't wait to see some highlights. Or you could go to the video store, maybe get some tapes. Yeah. But as far as new content, we we spoil you. And people so spoil you, they only want to do is talk about the negative. Not the fact that we get a bunch of content. Right. Like, oh, it could be better. But when you work, it's like, of course it could be better. It can't be better. Everything can be better. Of course. But the good thing about wrestling now is that there's so much different in all the... In the leagues now, or in the federations, or whatever, however you want to put a label on it, 
that you could watch whatever you want. So if you're not into the big show, then watch something like Impact because that's sort of more toned down. If you're more into wrestling, go watch Ring of Honor. If you're more into like an alternative to WWE, you have AEW. Like there's everything for everyone. Then there's New Japan. There's AAA. Like my God, the list goes on and on. And then you could even go even further. Like you want to watch hardcore wrestling? Go watch CZW. You know what I mean? It's like all types of different. You want something more storyline based? It was NWA powered. Yeah. Like a classic, you know what I mean? Or see championship wrestling from Hollywood. Like it's a whole bunch of different options if you really want to get into it. Exactly. And you see Game Changer Wrestling doing a lot of good stuff nowadays too. Yeah. GCW got all types of stuff going on. Like, and it's like they got subdivisions. They got FB stuff. You got for the coaches stuff, mm. Joey Janela stuff. It's like a whole bunch. Anything you could you could possibly want. There's a bunch of comedy wrestling. That's what you went to. You mm. want matches, yep. match quality. You can find that. You want storylines. You can find that. Of course. So yeah, well, I think we need us as wrestling fans need to just be a little bit more grateful for what we got going on right now. Because I remember when we couldn't do that. It was, yeah. it was maybe it was like four new hours of content a week. The most, maybe five. Four hours, and three of those hours were strictly squash matches. So, there you go. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. He wasn't getting competitive matches. Nope. Like, you know, it's just so crazy that people were asking for squash matches now. Like, I know. Before, you ain't have to ask for them. You would just get them. Now, you, people, you get so much competitive matches. Like, oh, it would be nice to see a squash every once in a while. Like, what are you talking about? You don't want to see this competitive stuff going on? Like, I know, but it's, again, it's people just aren't happy. But I got okay. I know Edge is one of your favorites. People all know from us to the show that HBK is my favorite. So now we have a problem because you consider him overrated. What's going on here? <laughs> What's going on? It's more personal. It's personal because I was a child. Okay. And Bret Hart was Bret Hart is my favorite wrestler all time. Okay, okay. So it's not. I understand. I get it. <laughs> but I just can't. In my, I can't bring myself to not shit on Shawn Michaels. I have to. Cause it's just like it's like cats and dogs, like growing up, and I feel like he was wrong because all of that stuff that led to Brett going to WCW, which yeah. led to his career being shortened. True. And I'm just like, I still hold that grudge. And <laughs> I ain't met match. He cheated him, super kicking him. He wasn't ready yet. He stole it. He's supposed to just end as a top. Like ain't no sudden death. We got do it. We just run that back when we get it. <laughs> but yeah, like I joke. I'm half joking. No. I understand Shawn Michaels is great, like yeah. I do, but even this is my whole life. I couldn't, I can't come to just even when I'm enjoying his match, I'm like, Ugh, I'm rooting for the other guy. Like, <laughs> like a lot after 26 when he retired, I'm like, damn. They had this video package right. to the um, Letters in the Sky. Mm. It was like a song in the world. They was doing his career retrospective. I'm like, damn, I'm gonna miss this guy. Right. And it's the truth. Like he, he was good. You noticed it as soon as he was gone. Like, once he was off the show, it was like a big void. Like, damn, we're not getting them ACK matches. Then you start missing the comeback, the flying punches, and the kip up and all that. Like, right. damn. So, yeah, I, I get it. I get why y'all love him. But I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> the Bret Hart in me is not, is not allowing me to just be like, oh, he's great. Nope, he's not. See, and so we're the complete opposite. I'm a Canadian who's supporting an American, which I shouldn't because yeah, I should be Pure Heart Foundation. We and switch. I know. We switch, man. <laughs> <laughs> but no, trust me, if I had to pick a close second, it probably would be Bret Hart, especially if no one's ever watched this. Please do yourself a favor. Go to In Your House, Calgary Stampede. Listen to that fucking pop when Heart Foundation comes <sighs> out. And right there alone shows how over they were all in Canada. No. You're fucking mental. Like, like, 
like that's probably their best moment yeah. as a collective and probably as a family. Like, right? it's, just, it's just a celebration of everything that was Stampede, Stampede Wrestling, the legacy, all the guys that was in the match, the after the match, all the family getting in the ring. Yeah. Stone Cold getting into it with Stu, like, and then I <laughs> like yeah, it's just, and at the time when it's going on, that's right before Montreal. Little do you know, yes. it's all about to come crashing down. Like, no kidding. I have no idea because it seemed like, seem like everything is good. Like, and then next thing you know, a few months later, it's all over. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it's, it's all over. It's just crazy. So, so, who are some of your current favorites then? Because everyone knows the old school guys, but no one really talks about currents. So, oh, um, well, right now, I'm a Kashida guy, okay. big Kashida guy from New Japan. That's right. like probably my favorite wrestling nowadays. You know, Edge is back. <laughs> so, Dave Ryan, too. Dave Ryan is one of my favorites. Yeah. Seth Rollins, I'm a big Seth Rollins guy, Kenny Omega. Um, I like Angelico. <laughs> like, I like, I like the, I like, I don't like everybody everybody likes because uh, yeah. everybody likes them. You see it all the time. I like Becky. Bailey was my, Bailey's my girl. Right. I bet that every takeover in Brooklyn, every, all of them oh, in the sure. world, I was at every single one of them. Like, in it, just in it, like, watching all those NXT matches. Like, um, That's yeah, crazy. Kushida, I said, hey, I'm trying to go through the list that everybody has said. Seth, Kushida, Edge, Dave Bryan, yeah, I said him. Yeah. I like Lashley. <laughs> like, I just, like, I like a little bit of everything. But at the end of the day, it's, I enjoy the art. So even if I'm not really the biggest fan of who's in the ring, I just enjoy what they're doing. And you see, New day. The, the one thing everyone keeps talking about is that the numbers aren't what they used to be. That's fine. Okay, but look how many people you just named. Back in the day, everyone would name the same four or five people on top, and then everyone else is on the bottom. But now, you could go through the list. Like, even Kevin Owens, Shinsuke, Finn Balor. Like, you know what I mean? And then you got guys uh-huh. over on Impact. Moose is fucking killing it right now. Rich Swan, oh. right? So, lately, I've been catching up on Impact since okay. they had all, um, since Kenny Omega was showing up. Right, right. Been watching it for the last, last month or so. I like Ace Austin. I think yeah. Ace Austin got a lot of talent. Another one? Josh Alexander, too. Yes. I think Josh Alexander, he got something, too. Um, Moose. Moose put it all together. I think when so. I used to watch Moose. I know. From Ring of Honor? Started, I know. now? Yep. Oh, yeah, he put it all together. Even when he first got the TNA, he was still, but now he just like the, he's like a top guy. You can yep. see him winning that title at some point. Oh yeah, no. And well, that's the thing that now with this whole eight with Tony Khan saying he opened the forbidden door where you have everyone coming in, it's like WWE's got to be careful because if you don't lock them up in NXT, well, you're seeing some sort of that. Like you see someone wrestle on Impact one day, the next day they're they're checking into the Performance Center. So it's like you've seen that. That was crazy, right? So WWE's got their eyes on shit. They're not stupid. They know what's going on. So as much as they say it's not competition, I think now they're starting to realize, hey, we got to up our shit because if every company is working together. I don't know what's going to happen, right? But this is this could be the best thing that ever happened. Cause I think so. When WWE, WWE was at its best because it felt threatened. Right. And be complacent. Like, I know they're making a lot of money, so that might that might still bring an air complacency. But if they're seeing that other companies are putting together just great products, at some point they're going to be like, all right, I gotta, we got to try to figure out what's wrong with our product and how can we get better to compete even though we still making money, we don't want to be known as the second company as far as in ring quality. Right. So you see little things like you see that they trying like that Golden match from Raw was pretty good. Like yeah, even though they got kind, they get kind of gauntlet dependent. 
Ever since Seth Rollins did it a couple years ago, it's right. like gauntlets every other every three four months. <laughs> right, we get a little little crazy with those, but Seth Rollins, you gotta blame Seth because that first gauntlet he did when they um that went on Raw, it was like from the beginning, like like a whole middle of the show it was just him running the gauntlet. Right. Yeah. And I think that was it. Was like all right, so this is a good match. Then he did it with Kofi. Then he did it yep. with the New Day, yep. the tag team gauntlet. I'm like, that's oh, right. Yeah, going crazy with these gauntlets. I think Seth had another gauntlet in that suit. Yeah, but the gauntlet's a big thing right now. Like, but I like the way Impact does it. They put a twist. Like, just recently they had like this three-way gauntlet match where if someone yeah, gets pinned, exactly. So I sort of like that twist because again, the gauntlet is like okay, you you sort of know either the one or two guy who's going to win it. But when it's a triple threat, it sort of adds to that. And I had no idea. Like, what what I'm actually referencing was when Josh Alexander won and then he got a title shot. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think that with more tweaking, the idea could be better because, like, people that come in at the end got an advantage. And if that's going to be the case, then maybe that's due to qualifiers to, like, we fight for the spot at the end because I just don't like the person having the, the advantage without earning it. I know. Because like, luck of the draw, you just come right. in at the end. Like, in a Royal Rumble, it's, it's different because it's, it's 30 people. But yeah. if it's six people, and y'all work, by the time the last person get in, it's like, all right. At least earn that spot. That's the only thing I would say that I, I didn't like about it so much. Even though the person that did came in last didn't win, though, but still, like... True. Oh. If, like, if we go by... If, if, if this was real, the person that came in last would win, like, because he'd be the most rusty. Yeah, no kidding, right? It's so true. It's so true. But yeah, I like these, like I said, the variety is fantastic. Everything is there. It's just a lot to intake. I don't know how you watch it, but the way I consume it nowadays is I fast forward through the matches unless it's a pay-per-view or unless someone says, go watch this match. And then I just pipe in on the storylines. Because if it wasn't for that, I don't think I'd have time to watch 20 hours of wrestling every week. Oh, now me, like, because I'm not sleeping a lot. Oh, okay. I need something to stay up. No. So, you know what I mean? Like, so it works out. When I'm, when I'm, yeah, I'm with I'm up with the baby. I'm just watching wrestling. Like this is the perfect time for me. Like that's why I'm able to. I'm dabbling in the impact and all that because I'm trying to. Consume, I'm trying to fill up these hours. Like I don't right. want to just be. Because then if I'm not doing that, and I'm, I'm tired. I'm dozing off. At least if I'm like I'm engaged and I'm like, all right, I want to watch wrestling. Keep me out. Like last night, I did the whole. I, I watch usually, usually watch um, AEW live and then I watch NXT after. Oh, gotcha. So I just did that last night. Yeah. Because I feel like more people watching AEW, so I want to be watching True. anybody watching. Yeah, especially on Twitter, you can tell. Yeah. Yeah, then I'll watch NXT afterward. But um, it's, that's, that, all that being said, though, it's nothing like a takeover. Like, NXT takeover Twitter is like the best Twitter. Yeah. Everybody's always in a good mood. Like, they just happy. Even when you see AEW on paper news sometimes during Twitter, people got complaints and they're not. Um, takeover? It's like, it's still what everybody loves. And that's why I'm hoping NXT can get off TV and go back to this being what we used to love. Like, when it wasn't on TV, it was a lot better to me. Yeah, no, I'm the same way. And like you said, you went to NXT Brooklyn, and I've been to both, I think, NXTs when they came here to Toronto for Survivor Series Weekend and SummerSlam. So you got to see that Enzo and Cass versus um, Dash and Dosa match. I believe so, yes. If that was on it, then... Mickey James and Oscar too. Yes, I got that one too. I got yeah, Samoa Joe versus Shinsuke as well. And you got TM61 versus Authors of Pain and um, yes. Cole Aaron in the Shark Cage, right? Exactly. Oh, and also Adam Cole versus Gargano in the fucking Three Stages of Hell or whatever oh, yeah, that shit was. Yeah, yeah. 
So I and yeah, the atmosphere is so different. Even live, everyone's slapping fucking high fives. Everyone's like, no one's looking down on you. As long as you're wearing something wrestling themed, no one's like, oh, you like that guy? No, everyone's happy. It's a good mood. Everyone's chanting, and it's and even afterwards, when you spill out into the food court and you're leaving, uh-huh. everyone's talking, and it, it's it's just a great mood. It's funny when you say that because I thought that was just like something that they like a New York thing. <laughs> but, uh, I guess they do it everywhere because outside the ball plays after takeover every year, it's just you hear chants. I remember the yeah. um when Ke- when Kevin always fought Finn Balor in the ladder match, yeah. Like, yeah. Everybody was cheering, fight always fight after we all got outside that night. <laughs> the whole crowd cheering, fight always fight. Like, yeah, take over Brooklyn with Sasha and Bailey, that first one. Oof. I could imagine. That one right there. That's probably, um, well, now nah, I was going to say that's the best event I've been to, but Kofi Mania, Kofi Mania kind of, even though it was long, oh, that was like. Oh, so you were there nah, live for that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. Then, yeah, that must be the best. Almost huh? anything that comes in the Trusty area. Right. I go to for the most part because it's it's right here. Like I don't like going to SummerSlam though, so I never went. To, I always go to takeovers. Okay. I like to watch SummerSlam from home. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, it's just the tradition. You get to do whatever you want to at home. Enjoy it however you want to. You want to drink a little. You want to smoke a little. Like of course. You want to. That's kind of. It's like if you could do that in the arena, then you know what I mean. We, I would go for that too. But like sometimes I just want to be home, eating what I want, watching it on TV. Take over, nah. That's I want to be the crowd for that. Yeah, no kidding. I can't wait till everything open back up, man. Yeah, I'm the same way too. And even just like indie shows, because again, everyone knows Toronto's a hub for wrestling too, and we have indie promotions everywhere. And I miss that again, being in the audience. Like literally, any seat you get, it feels like you're in front row, interacting with the wrestlers that are coming in and out. Like that's to me is even sometimes better than watching these big shows. Um, What kind of home? What kind of promotions would you like? When it was everything was open, where would you go to? Which ones would you go to in Canada? So in Ontario, I'm speaking of. There's like the big three, I guess you could call. It. There's Smash Wrestling. There's Destiny. Smash. Destiny Wrestling is another big one. Uh, we have like a, a, a lucha inspired one as well. We have a, a lucha promotion here in Toronto. What's the name of it. Uh, I think, oh, fuck, I'm, uh, fuck, the guy's going to kill me because he probably listens to the show. I had this, <laughs> I had the actual owner on too, fuck, well, Lucha Demand, I think it is, or or look up oh, luchademand.com and you'll find it, right. but yeah, uh, they have. So do they bring people in from AAA or they got your own Canadian Lucha? No, they've had a lot of, like, even guys from the Lucha House Party before they got signed to NXT and shit, they've oh, come over, here, so he, he touches base with everyone and even locals and stuff like that, so. Oh, it's like, it's like, Canadian, it's like a big Canadian Lucha type of. Same yeah. thing, you know, because the Mexican style, so they they, they work the, the yes, or do they put they kind of spin on it? They put kind of like a spin on it, but it's it's lucha inspired for sure. Because imagine if you would like do a lucha style, but have like some stampede influences, like that'd be oh, crazy, right? I could see that. You have those little you can still working the technical, and they right. got your lucha hot spots, right? Right. Still grind them down like that might be dope. Yeah, and then the other last big one is uh, Alpha One Wrestling. That's the one that Ethan oh, yeah, Page runs. Well. Okay. Yeah, Ethan Page is behind that one, so that one's huge up here too. So yeah, yeah, I've heard it. I've actually met Ethan Page at um Evolve show. Oh, okay. Bought a shirt. Yeah, bought a shirt. Took a picture with him and everything. Like this is before he was karate man. And, uh, <laughs> before he was even before he was even on Impact. Though. Right. This was like right before he got signed. He was doing a lot of. He used to come to Evolve a lot. Evolve. You remember? You know um, Evolve, right? Of course, I know Evolve. Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I even saw him before. I saw Ethan Page when he was fucking green as grass. Uh, Tommy Dreamer did a House of Hardcore up here in Toronto, and he brought him in. Oh, 
And he was like in a six man, one of those six man type matches where it was like young guys against like old w- ECW vets and stuff. And he was brought in. And the, again, speaking of seeing people progress, oh my God, from what he was then, not to say that he was bad, obviously, it's just that he was green. And you saw his potential back then, but I never uh-huh. would have thought that like his mic skills, his in ring ability now, it's just like he's ready for the WWE, in my opinion. Well, you said that. I was gonna say the same thing because when I first seen him in the ball, I'm like, I haven't seen this to him like, yeah, he's gonna be, he's gonna be a big deal. Like, and he still was, in, he wasn't really in the shape that he's in mm. now either. So he was his own personality when I seen him. I'm like, he was right. still working. But he had the mic before the crowd, like, and he was a good Twitter follow too. Yeah, that's kind of how it happened. I'm like, oh, I follow him on Twitter. I'm like, oh, you gonna be at the show? I'm gonna see you. I'm gonna take a shirt. I'm like, oh, Mike. I told him, I tweeted him like, yo, I'm gonna see you. I'm gonna take a picture. He was like, as long as you buy a shirt, I'm like, all right, no doubt. I bought my shirt. I support the cause. I got the Lego shirt. You ever oh. seen it? It's the old ego in the Lego font. Right, right. The red one. Nice. Yeah, I bought that from. Oh, that's pretty cool. All right. Well, before we get to the weird story of the week, another thing that you do that I love is you're a gamer. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah. now to put it in perspective, what did you start off gaming with? What are some of your all-time faves? Are you like a, a role-playing guy, an action guy? What's oh, your yeah, thing? Yeah. So I'm a role-playing guy. Okay. But I'm mainly a sports guy. Oh, okay. But that's for me personally. Like, you know, I like fighting games, but I like a little bit of everything. Yeah. RPGs is the one I probably put the most time in. Sure. I started on it. I started on the NES. My first console was the NES. Okay. The one with the duck hunt and the Mario. Sure. With the gun. That was my first console <laughs> when I was a kid. And I, just, I pretty much had everything since then. I haven't got any of the new ones yet. Like right. the 5 or the, yeah, um, me the neither. Xbox One series. Hopefully, when I'm lucky enough to catch one one day, I can probably get it. Like, you gotta have the golden ticket to get one of those. Right. Yeah, some of my favorite games are like Final Fantasy Tactics. That's like my favorite. That's one of my friends, my favorite game. Okay. Karina and Tom. Right. It was a big game for me. Um, whew, Final Fantasy VIII. Oh, okay. It. That's, yeah, a, that's eight. an odd one. No one really picks yeah, out eight. I like eight. I like eight because that's like the first game I broke. Oh. As far as grinding, like grinding, right. I broke that game. Shit. Oh, my GS was like super high. Okay, okay. And I used to, it was a time where I would record the Indians on VHS. Like I would sure. have the boss fight and I would record it. And then when I, you know, and hopefully I win and I get the ending on tape. Yeah, yeah. That was like the first game I did that for. Um, What else? I said Final Fantasy. And I like a lot of the basketball games. Oh, my. My Dreamcast, it was a, it's a wrestling game called Giant Graham. Oh, it was like about it's like a um, old Japan wrestling game. Shit. And uh, I've never seen the system duplicated again. It was pretty dope. Like okay, okay. We used to bootleg like, games back. Then. <laughs> you know, Dreamcast got broken because the pirates learned how to how to hack it. And you could get the free games. I was yep. Ten dollars for Dreamcast games when I was a kid. Yeah. Every yeah. week I was taking my allowance to the game store and be a copy game like. <laughs> Yeah, um, what else? I think that's about it. Mario Kart, stuff like that. Like, it's fun time. I'm playing Fuser right now. It's like the DJ. Oh, okay, okay. It's pretty cool. I was, I mean, that's just about it. And that in 2K, NBA 2K. A bunch of RPGs on my Switch that I just, like, bounce back and forth from. See, that, that's the I, thing with... With RPG games, like, again, I, the first RPG
action was the Zeldon SNES. Now, that's what got me yeah, searching for RPGs after. Because the original Zeldas on the NES, that, that was a bitch, man. I don't know how people clear that or even figure shit out back <laughs> in the day. That's not for me. I didn't have the patience. But the one on the SNES, they perfected it. It's perfect. It, to me, it's one of the greatest games of all time. And then to me was Final Fantasy 3 or 6, whichever one six. you want to call it. Because when I played it when it came out, it was actually Final Fantasy 3 for the SNES. To me, that's the best RPG of all time. My God, the story of that game? Jesus Christ. Yo, you, you want to know what's funny? I still have that cartridge. Shut house. up. Like, I still have it. Yep. The original SNES cartridge. Yeah, I yeah. still have it. Yep. Shit. I still got my files and all that from it. But I, I went back to I played that one after I played 7, 8, 8 and 9. Okay. Then I went back and played 6. Because I'm like, I got introduced to RPGs from Mario RPG. Oh, hey, another classic. Oh, I, I love that game. It, I didn't even know what it was. Like, right. RPG. So, my, one of my best friends had got it for his birthday. Okay. He's like, I got this Mario game. It's not like a Mario game. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> That's <laughs> hilarious. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. A Mario game is not like a Mario game. He's like, oh, you just got to come over and see it. Yeah. And then I came over and saw it. I'm like, oh, that's what you mean. It's a game, but it's not a game. He's like, yeah. you got to wait for them to hit you to fight. I'm like, what? <laughs> you don't want them? Like, no, you got to take turns. I'm like, take turns? I know. It doesn't make sense. Not, not until you see the action. Yeah. I'm like, oh. Then I, I started playing that way. He let me hold it. Right. It was over from there. And then I was trying to get as many RPGs as I can. Like, I got to get my hands on this. Yeah. Going from there to, like, Wild Arms. Do you remember Wild Arms for the PS1? Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, Wild Arms. It wasn't that good, but at that time, you just want whatever you want. And I didn't even have a memory card, so I would play it and leave it on while I went to Shit. school. Like, like, yeah, like that. My mom found out what I was doing. She went and got me a memory card. Like, like I'm going to find you another <laughs> sister. Like, you better let me get you something so you can save. See, I used to do that with my NES, but not because I didn't want to, I couldn't save it. You know why? Because, again, you, you might appreciate this. Those cartridges sometimes wouldn't work. So you'd blow it, you'd put it in a certain way, and once in a blue moon it would work. And one game that it did it to me was the original Batman game on the NES. And I only got it to work once in a blue moon for some reason. And when I got it to work, I'd leave it on all fucking weekend. Yeah, yeah. Until you want to play something different. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yo, yeah, yeah, that was smart. Oh my god! So, okay, I, I got a question for you then. What's a game that everyone reveres and lives by that you've never played? Oh, that's good, like Diablo. Oh, really? Okay. I never got into the. It's Shit, that's good. Seem like seem like I would be into that. You would. I never got into. Yeah, you, you know would. Because I played the boldest gates. I was doing a lot of the boldest gate games. Okay, okay. And I got, I kind of had my fix. But Diablo, son, I always kind of wanted to get into it. Star, what is it, StarCraft? StarCraft, yes. Yeah, StarCraft is like... The space one. the PC-based games is the ones that I, I didn't really... I haven't gotten into. And also, I want to add a game to the games. I like Civilization. Oh. I love Civilization, man. Like, Civilization is great. I got it for the Switch. Right. Just going to pour hours into building a Civilization. Now. The game is... And it's a game for PC called Alpha Centauri. I've heard of it. It's like a... Yeah, it's like an alien civilization. Oh, that's okay. kind of like a game I like too. Yeah, Diablo is one. Um, you know what? I never went. Nathan, um, Uncharted is another game that. Fuck off. Never play Uncharted. Shit. Okay, you got to do those two things. Okay, Diablo, you can get on the Switch. Probably cheap. Even if you get the most recent version that they have, you're not missing. You don't need. There's no. 
you don't have to even care about the story. Just um, I'm assuming you'll love that sort of gameplay. And again, you could grind it out like a motherfucker. And yeah, Uncharted. Hades? Hades? Hades, yeah, it's sort of similar to that, I guess. Yeah, I guess it's in that genre, in, in that vein. Yeah, because yeah. I see Hades and everybody was telling me to get it, <clears throat> but I still I couldn't pull the trigger. I'm like, uh, I want to play it, but yeah. it's like, I guess I needed a couple, I needed a couple more recommendations before I was like, all right, it's time to do it. Because right. I see it, it's like, yeah, it looks like a good game. Oh shit! Yeah, Diablo, I'm, I'm gonna definitely check that. Yeah, do even that. while I wasn't into, I didn't get a chance to get around to Nathan Drake because mm. when I got my PS3. Right. I had to, I got to think out of what three came out. Okay. So that was like that took a big part of it, and then I was I'm a big Tekken guy. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I was on Tekken six, so sure. that's pretty much all I played for on my PS three. <laughs> it's a bunch of Tekken. Like I had thousands of games on the Xbox three sixty and the PS three. Like that's how long wow. I, how much I was playing online. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, you, you keep track of your, your record. I'm like yeah. thousands and thousands. I'm like, all right, Jesus, you can play something else because <laughs> you could just go in there. You just go in there and play a bunch of games. I know. Next thing you know, you play 50 games. You're like, damn, I played that much? Right. When I first started, I had 50 wins. Now I got like 75, 25 more losses. Like, what happened? Sat here and pulled three hours in, played this game over and over. Like, yeah, no clue. And that's when Street Fighter 4 came out. Like, the, okay. the Super Street Fighter 4 came out. So yeah. I was in. I go through my phases with the genres of games. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I pretty much the same way, too. Sometimes I feel like playing a racing game. Sometimes I'll stick to, like, open world for a bit and then sometimes I just want to like those little beat em ups like like Streets of Rage or something, right? Yeah, yeah. And I could name another game I never played that's revered. I don't know if Fortnite is revered, but I know it's popular. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I've never touched Fortnite. I'm not into those yeah, yeah, Battle Royale games. That's that's not for me. Yeah. I mean, I see the... Like, I like watching people play it, but as far as me doing it, it's like, I don't know I can't. if I want to do it. I can. I don't know. And plus, I'm cheap, so I won't buy any of the upgrades, and then I'll just be getting shot by fucking ten year olds who are rich who could buy everything. And it's like, get out of here. And it's the time that it takes to get up in naturally without buying anything. Nah, fuck you it. would never. You would. I bet you would have missed a couple episodes trying to do that. Like, <laughs> <trying> to, <laughs> <laughs> like Duke would have been busted trying to fucking catch up with them in Fortnite. <laughs> That's hilarious. Call of Duty the same way. Like, yeah, I'm not, I used not to have me. fun with it. The, you would have fun with it the first couple of weeks after it come out. Yeah, yeah. But then after a while, when anybody get overpowered and yeah. you're on the spots, it's like, all right, I'm done. It's, it's no fun no more because you can't even spawn without getting killed. Like, yeah, no kidding. Like behind you, st- yeah, right, as soon as you spawn, you get killed. I'm like, yeah, all right, all right. Not enough. Yeah, no. Here's a war. I'm mad I didn't include. Like, now that I'm thinking about the video game question, all this stuff coming back. Here's a war. First three, yeah. on, them, on them heavy. When they first introduced okay. horde mode. Right. Me and a couple of my friends, we just be on there playing hard mode for hours. Uh, it's going in. It's because trying to get as far as we could. Right. Yeah, but that's more like co-op. Like co-op online, I love. But like competitive online, I don't have the patience. I'm sorry. Yeah. It depends on the game. Like there was a yeah, SmackDown versus Raw. Like I was really fucking good. Like yeah. and I was just playing online all the time because <laughs> I was good. Right. And I was getting a bunch of people quitting. And I'm like, all right, all right. Yeah. I'm like, I didn't like it because when I was losing, I would take my most. And when I'm beating people, they do the old fucking I hate that video, shit. Yeah. Oh, oh, come on, man. So it kind of soured me on the online. Like, I was late to all of that stuff. Like, uh, online game. I didn't get online until, like, about 2009. So people was playing. Okay. I had an Xbox 360, and it was just offline. <laughs> I was just getting all my achievements offline. Yeah, yeah. Playing Lost Odyssey. I'm the same one. Dragon. Like, all of, the, all of the stuff from that time. Then I finally got online. I'm like, yeah, this is what this is why everybody do it. Like, <laughs> it just took me a while to get to get my foot in the door online. I'm like, oh, okay. 
Now um, I'm, I'm online with everything. Pokemon, how can I not use Pokemon? Yeah, like, to this day, still play Pokemon. Have See, you? that's my big one that I've never played that everyone talks about is Pokemon. Oh. I missed the boat on it. Might, um, nah, so the one that came out recently, okay. Sword and the Shield, it's accessible. But when oh. you start talking about like competitively, competitively battling, it might be a little bit too late. Yeah. Unless you're going to really put the time in nah. that best and see what's going on. Like, I'm good. Like, for me, I, I've been looking. I, I can't even find no battles. I, that's why I, like, I, like to, I like to battle people that you know. Okay. then you get to grow and adapt over sure. time. You, you, you get to play. And when you're just having random online battles, it's a crapshoot. It's like, all right, I'm going to play somebody I don't that's know. True. And sometimes I might be, I might have the team to beat them at this time. They might have the team to beat me. At least if you're playing with all six of your Pokemon, when you're playing somebody you know, it's a little bit more strategic, and it's a lot more fun. It's yeah, no like, kidding. Oh, right, this, last time I bought these, I'm going to bring a whole different team out now. Like, <laughs> yeah. Nice. All right, you ready for the worst story of the week, my friend? Yes, I am. Okay, okay. I don't want to get morbid or bring the show down towards the end, but it, it, it this always leads to something. So, do you know what you want to do with your body once you're dead? Like, do you want it buried, cremated? Like, what, what's your thing? Do you already have in mind? Nah, I never thought about that. <laughs> I told you it was going to get morbid. <laughs> yeah, wow. Um, I guess I would want to be cremated. That's like what my family does. Okay. Like the, so, I guess I would just go along with the lines that everybody else I don't want to stray too far away from it. And I'm missing it. I don't think any of my family have, like, plots. Like, I'm not going to go to cemeteries for holidays. You know, right, like, right. You know, like, somebody's birthday, yeah, yeah. go to the cemetery. My whole family get cremated, so I guess that's where I'm going. Like, <laughs> that's oh, wow. where I'm going to go. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I want to get cremated too, but only for the fact that I have a very slow resting heart rate. So half the time, people can't even tell, like can't find my pulse or anything. So I don't want to be, because mis- I hear these stories of people that go into like a like a little mild coma for like three days, but then they think they're dead. And next thing you know, they pull out the coffin for whatever reason and you see the scratch marks. So I don't want to suffocate to death. I would rather burn instantly if I'm still awake than suffer like three or four days of starvation and whatever, because that's no, fucked so up to me. Wow, like so much that goes into thinking about how you want to be disposed of when you die. Right. Like I didn't even think about the being alive inside the casket thing. Like See? wow. Okay, well that's thanks that. For the name, thanks for the name, Miss. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's not the weird part of all this. So the reason why I ask is because the, the this week's story comes from Florida and Greece. So there was a Greek man living in Florida, and then he unfortunately passed at a young age of twenty eight because he had like a motorcycle accident back in ninety six. Uh, okay. Uh, but before he died, he knew what he wanted to do with his remains. He said if he ever died, he wanted his skeleton to be donated to some school out in Greece so they could do whatever testing or have him in a classroom so people could learn off of it, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? So, not, one the, not one of the models. Like, he wanted to be, he wanted to be a model. Basically. Exactly, pretty much. So the school agreed. They took it. He was there for a long amount of time. So they finally tore down the school. And they didn't know what to do with the skeleton because it's an actual skeleton. You just want to throw it out. You know what I'm saying? Like, who knows if the shit's uh, fucking haunted or whatnot. So they contacted his family. And uh, the people who were in charge, I think, was uh, his sister and his uh, nephew were still alive. And they were the last remains. So they asked what, you want, what they wanted to do. They're like, well, fuck, shit. We have no money. We can't afford a proper funeral. And in their religion, they're not allowed to cremate. So they were paying rent on holding a skeleton. To the point where the nephew's like, okay, fuck this. I got an idea. I'm going to turn my uncle's remains, guess into what, if you had an idea. What would you turn a skeleton into? Um, 
like a chest, something I can keep stuff in, <laughs> like, well, or a weapon. Well, since you're into music, it's music related. How about that? A xylophone. <laughs> That's a good one. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> Shit. He turned it into a fucking guitar. A working oh, wow. guitar with knobs, strings, everything on it. So he used his... So think about this. He has the hip which is the bottom, I guess you would call it the base of the guitar, and then the spine yeah. goes up with the strings, and then I guess the back of the neck, you know, that spade shape, would be the, the top of the guitar. And that's what he, oh, he made it. Can you... Th- so, um, you, do you know what they use for the, for, the, um, for the strings in the guitar? I have no idea. I think it was actual real strings. The only thing they used oh, was... Just like, yeah. But the, the body was just the skeleton. Exactly. So He could have used, used more of the bones if he made a xylophone. Oh. <laughs> right? He could have been like... Nice well, to wrap this whole story up in a nice little bowl. So at first, the family or the mom or sister was upset because the sacrilege, you can't do that. But then the nephew explained it. He's like, listen, my, my uncle was huge into fucking rock. If it wasn't for him, I would have never got influenced. And the guy who actually made this guitar is actually a guitar a guitarist and he, he makes a living off playing a guitar so if it wasn't for his nephew i mean his uncle he never would have been a guitarist so it's full circle now he gets to play his uncle and remind him that it's because of you i'm doing this for a living and he gets to pass his uncle down to whoever he wants to see and the uncle's still around there you go He's, your uncle stays in your family forever <laughs> and if he's smart he'll make his skeleton like a drum set and his, and his, his, his um ancestors can have a whole family <laughs> instrument me and your relatives like you have a whole band can you believe that shit like what people do? do a xylophone take the ribs and make a xylophone hey you got yeah, something I'm, there you gotta find this guy a band a band of remains <laughs> you probably get a cool band name from that too bones or something weird <laughs> like something like that plug your shit my friend where people can find you where people can interact oh. any upcoming projects whatever you want take your time man alright so right now my all my my all my handles are the same. It's R A D or R A E D R underscore on Twitter, Instagram, on YouTube. Um, far um rated far rock rated regular spell R F A R R O C K R A T E D on YouTube. But if you go to my Twitter or my Instagram, you can be able to get links to all of that. Nice. Um, APA is coming out soon, and like I said, by the time by the time this drops, I already have a new video and song out. I don't want to give too many details, but I did give a little bit. Yeah, but everything's coming. Um, I'm just here for the for the experience, man. Like, and they'll see me from there. Like, you know, they'll come across me if they're interested in music, wrestling, because I'm uh, I got a lot coming soon, man. <laughs> like, that's awesome. And also, you hear me on AEW whenever you see top fight wrestling, you'll hear me there. That's me. <laughs> the guy, <laughs> the guy on the top fight team. Nice. Baby crying, I'm about to go help out and stuff. <laughs> Perfect. And for myself, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter under Finger Styles. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, the podcast Stap. Emails, your thoughts, suggestions, comments, anything you want to get off your chest at the podcast Stap at gmail.com. Rewind to the top of the show, support those fine sponsors because if it helps them out, helps me out. And please rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms. All right, one last question before I let you go and take care of, I guess you named them Rated G. <laughs> <laughs> What is, you got to explain to me, what is the arm bar era for those who don't know? Oh, all right. Mo, the wrestling rap thing was somebody else's, and I, I wanted to give something that's my own. 
But I wanted it, you know, in rap, they call, well, everything in form of music, they call bars, you know, every line is a bar, whatever. Right. So I'm like, how can I tie in wrestling mm. with the whole, you know what I mean? So uh, all bar, I always go back to the Jericho promo, because if I had to do my Mount Rushmore, oh. you might be on it. You'd be on there. So I the always whole... had that in my head. Like, yeah. that was one of the first things I take. I'm like, I have to have this, because this shit is funny, like. <laughs> So I went back to the arm bar, arm bar, arm. So yeah. it kind of, I wanted to always, I wanted this to be a combination of the two things. And the bars is the rap, the arm, the arm basically is the wrestling, the arm bars, and here we go right there. Eric, because I'm, I'm taking over, man. <laughs> like, it's my time, man. There you go. On that note, he's Rated R. I'm Steve. This is the podcast. Peace.